Hey everybody, it is Friday, May 4th, 2018, and you are listening to the Salvage Shuttle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Ezelik, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever, and while we do have breaking news about a bunch of Ram pickup trucks that were apparently stolen in Detroit, like right off the factory line, uh, we don't have a lot of details about that. So instead, we'll talk more specifically about things we know at least a little bit about. Uh, kicking off in the news segment, we're going to talk about the uh, the new million and a half pound supercar uh, being released later this year, early next year, by Bobram, the legendary Formula One team. Uh, a pretty cool, interesting hand built car uh, that'll be track only. Uh, second up, in more of the cultural section, we'll talk a bit about the uh, new Toyota Corolla. Uh, the press previews and things like that have all been done. Uh, there are some moderate reviews being made on these things without a lot of the uh, details that go into those things. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, how we're feeling going into this new Toyota Corolla hatchback, especially in light of Ford getting rid of the Focus and the Focus hatchback here in the U.S. And then lastly, um, a car that's been on my mind uh, kind of goes hand in hand with that. And that's the current Toyota Corolla sedan, a car that came in with, I feel like, a lot of promise and is going to exit the market uh, with a little bit more of a of a whimper, uh, to, to say the least. So all that, maybe a little bit more. Who knows? You guys know how this show works after the bump. We'll see you then. So throughout the 60s and 70s and on into the 80s, uh, Bobram was one of the Formula One teams that uh, really dominated, I shouldn't say dominated, but they did very well in Formula One. Uh, when they exited the sport, it was a very sad thing. Um, but the team has kind of restructured itself and reemerged, and they've got a new car that they've designed for track use only. Um, it sounds like it's going to be released in the UK and the EU. I don't 100% know if it's going to be coming out here in the US, but it's called the Bobram BT62. It is a 700 horsepower uh, sports car that is seeking to kind of catch those dollars where the Ferrari FF or FXX once was, where the Aston Martin Vulcan has been. Uh, you know, these really track only, uh, not allowed to be dry, driven on the street vehicles have been over the past few years. And this has been a crazy growing market. Uh, back on the Grand Tour, they highlighted that there are literally dozens of choices in this field. Uh, they've talked about it on podcasts. There are almost too many options. But what I really find interesting about the Bobram here is that it has... Well, first thing first, it's got this mysterious 5.4 liter naturally aspirated V8 that produces 700 brake horsepower. Uh, I would be willing to bet this is based on a Ford Coyote V8 design. It just seems logical. It, it's, it's in that sphere of influence. Now, granted, it could be a clean sheet design. It could be something that's co-developed with another one. But uh, this seems like this kind of screams Ford a little bit. Um, it being a naturally aspirated V8, no turbos, no hybrid assist, no nothing like that. Chances are this is going to be a very pure driving experience, and it's I think it's a great move, especially for the affordable price of one and a half million pounds. Uh, it seems like this is going to be a pretty cool option. Another really cool thing that Bobram is doing on this car is that it is all aero uh, on the outside, and it's big wide tires, it's mechanical grip, it's actual tactile 
good engineering that's going to make this car fast, not techno wizardry, not a computer that helps your throttle input or presses the brake at different times. This car is going to be quick because it's engineered to be quick. I like that. I also really, 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 really like the fact that the first 35 of these cars are all going to be decorated in liveries that honor the past of the Bobroom Formula One team, and they're going to be painted to decorate the cars that have won Formula One races over the history of the company. That's really cool. So, when will we know more about this car? Who knows? A lot of times these cars get shown off, then they never end up coming out, or they do, and they don't let anybody drive them. Uh, they barely let people take pictures of them in some cases. Uh, so this is a very early car. Um, I doubt we're going to be seeing them in the U.S. really at all, but you never really know. But it's an exciting time to be a race fan. We've kind of stepped away from the hybrid thing for a moment, and uh, this seems like a pretty cool application of old-school tech making a very, very fast car. So, the new Toyota Corolla hatchback, it was announced back at the New York Auto Show. Uh, we're starting to see uh, press videos, reviews, previews, whatever you want to call them, are starting to come out. And it seems like things are going pretty good for Toyota. Uh, the car was lauded for its rather interesting design. Uh, it's a little more edgy than the outgoing uh, Toyota Corolla IM, previously the Toyota Scion IM, previously the Toyota Aorus from Europe. Uh, this new Corolla hatchback is also the Aorus from Europe. Um, this has a little bit more of a soulful design, uh, a little bit more of the new edge craziness that Toyota's been doing with their cars as of late. And uh, I have to say, I kind of like it. This is a very good-looking car, both on the exterior and the interior. Uh, Toyota has made some bold moves in design to try to attract a younger crowd. Um, historically speaking, Toyota's had a very old and elderly crowd who are more concerned about reliability and long-term value of their vehicles than actually enjoying the drive, enjoying the materials on the inside. Uh, Toyota saw the writing on the wall and they are rushing to fix it. Uh, this is one of the first cars I would say, at least in the current Toyota lineage uh, of the, the new platforms, new executions, new everything, that really, I think, succeeds in that vision. Uh, so just focusing more on the exterior styling, you've got some interesting swoopy bits on the front. Um, it's using the Toyota Cross styling uh, that's been popular in Europe over the past couple of years, and it's adapting it to this new uh, angry American style that you see on the Camry and the new Avalon uh, that I think is kind of attractive in a really strange way. Uh, but what's really cool about this Corolla is that they're using some different material choices as well in the vehicle to uh, make some of these designs happen. So the tailgate on this car, as an example, is an entirely composite material item, uh, which means that uh, it's going to be plastics and metal and a bunch of other different things uh, to make it work. And they do that so it has this very strange bubbly cross angular effect to it. It's difficult to describe in words uh, without uh, having a photograph to show you, um, but it, it it looks very cool. And the good news is, is that if it is composites, or mostly composites, that means that uh, very likely the car won't degrade all that much in cooler climates, which is always at least for me, been a problem with Toyotas where uh, edges of doors, tailgates, trunk lids, all that stuff seem to fall apart rather quickly.
So moving on to the interior of the new Corolla, you're going to see a lot of smart design choices being made uh, that are not too removed from what they had learned on the previous Corolla IM and Aorus. Um, it sounds like these are going to largely be mono-spec interiors. I believe you might have a choice between leather and cloth or a composite of the two uh, for most of the seats. They're going to be the usual Toyota zero-pressure seats that you come to expect with so many of their vehicles over the rich history of the cars. Um, but uh, they look like they're going to be comfortable. There's a decent amount of space for two adults. Uh, the interior size is about that of a Honda Civic. It might be slightly shorter uh, in overall length, but for the most part, it's around the same. Uh, the car is going to be featuring some new choices of Toyota, um, at least on the tech front. I believe this is going to be their second vehicle um, behind the Toyota Avalon that's going to be launching with the Entune 3.0 system that will offer Android or excuse me, not Android Auto, but Apple CarPlay um, as a standard option on all their vehicles. Will they offer Android Auto eventually? It's hard to tell. I think people on the internet are angry enough about it. I think they're going to get enough crap from automotive journalists about it. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Toyota claims that there's a lot of security issues with these kinds of features, um, but uh, and yet they make you route your phone through these weird apps and this like really archaic system that I don't know, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It sounds like you can still use your phone to stream some media through there and hook it up uh, to your phone to stream particular types of apps uh, through things, and then I believe that includes uh, Android phones, but uh, this is not the kind of streamlined, straightforward system that Honda and Hyundai and GM and Ford and every other automaker out there uses. So kind of be forewarned if you're considering this as an option. Other than that, the Intune system is the Entune system. It's it's one of those ones like Honda where the baseline system is not very good and so you're going to want to be using your phone as much as you can on top of that to change things around uh, versus something like Hyundai or Ford where they have very good infotainment systems and you could kind of go back and forth and not have to worry too much. So I would definitely say try it out, see how you like it, see how things go. Um, but overall, this interior of this car, it's got upgraded materials, it's really well laid out, no crazy design choices like the CHR crossover. It's a very attractive interior that I'm fairly impressed by for modern Toyota. So a little bit on the safety of this new Corolla is that this is the first Toyota product that's going to have Toyota Safety Sense 2.0 uh, as standard on each of the trims of this vehicle. Uh, Toyota Safety Sense rolled out uh, in early 20. I guess for early 2018 models, which I guess was 2017, but more or less, um, depending on which vehicle you chose, uh, you could get different ones that had uh, pedestrian detection with automatic uh, stopping or braking assist. Um, some cars had radar cruise control um, added in, uh, lane keep assist, things like that. Um, really good basic safety suite stuff that helps a lot of drivers in all conditions. This one expands on that a little bit further and offers... Uh, First of all, a system that when you're driving, the cameras that are on the front of the car, both uh, in front of the rearview driver's mirror and in the front emblem of the car underneath the hood there, uh, they detect road signs and they'll uh, redisplay pertinent information to you, things like speed limits and so on, uh, on the dashboards to remind you that maybe you're going a little bit too fast. Um, the car will offer pedestrian detection and bicyclist uh 
protection or detection so that uh, you're not striking individuals who are trying to cross the road or maybe are impeding traffic slightly. Yes, they do have the right of way, but, uh, you know, things do happen. Um, the other news is that these systems will also work at night. Um, some systems aren't capable of doing that, and this will be detecting people at uh, low light circumstances. Now, it won't work in every situation, um, but in darker situations, uh, this Toyota is going to be jumping ahead of a lot of other competitors, uh, perhaps with exclusion, Mercedes, things like that, uh, who tend to be way, 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 way ahead of the curve before everybody else. Another safety suite uh, thing here is that uh, they're going to be letting you use the uh, radar cruise control. Um, if you have the CVT, the radar cruise control will be able to speed you up from a stop or slow you down to a stop, depending on what kind of traffic you're in. Uh, but if you choose the car equipped with a manual transmission, uh, the radar cruise control will kind of do the same thing. Uh, although the car will be able to work very well on the highway, leaving it in gear, it'll tell you if to sh you need to shift up or down to help it out. Um, but uh, below 15 miles an hour, uh, you're going to have to put in the clutch and kind of control things yourself. But it's very neat that in middle speed situations out there, you could set the cruise control to 45, 55 miles an hour and kind of just let the car cruise and you can shift the gear in between speeds uh, and it won't disrupt things unlike uh, other cars. Uh, this is the first time that a really non-luxury car has had this kind of option and there are a lot of luxury car brands that don't offer this option at all. So good job Toyota with kind of moving forward on the tech front. They've got a lot of really interesting things that they're pulling up with this car. And then last up, a little bit on the mechanical front of this vehicle, uh, this car is based on the TNGA architecture, uh, which is underpinning a bunch of small and mid-sized Toyotas all across the lineup, from the Toyota Prius on up to the Camry and down and up and down and up. Uh, they're basically using one platform for near enough everything for this car. Um, that means that this chassis is going to be very stiff. It's going to handle quite well. Um, when equipped with the right wheels and tires, things will be a little bit better than what it might be uh, in other situations, but more or less, this is going to be a very fun-to-drive Corolla, unlike Corollas of, well, the past, let's say, 20 years. Um, so what a great step forward for this vehicle. Um, it is ditching, unfortunately, the dual wishbone suspension that the previous Toyota Corolla IM had. It's going to have a little bit more of a complex multi-link rear end, which is still a good rear suspension. It's much better than the twist beam or axles that are going to be employed by the Ford Focus or the current Cruze or many other vehicles uh, that are value priced in this segment. Um, another interesting feature is that this car is going to have a CVT gearbox that uses a fixed ratio first gear, so an actual mechanical first gear. Um, CVT gearboxes, if you've never experienced them, tend to have this rubber band effect where from a stop when you push the gas, the car really hesitates to roll forward and that's because of the design of the pulleys on the two cones and it just doesn't have a very good feel to the driver. So this car is going to have a fixed ratio first gear uh, that pulls you away from a stop just like any other conventional torque converter automatic uh, and then it will switch to the rubber bands after that. Pretty neat feature. Also, if you are one of the 
great and, well, not so numerous people, but good people nevertheless who choose the manual gearbox. Uh, this car comes equipped with a six-speed manual gearbox that uh, will blip the throttle up and down if you so choose uh, as you're driving uh, the car. It limits damage to the uh, transmission. It makes the car seem a little more racy. It makes you look like you're actually driving the car right. Um, it makes shifts a little more smooth. It's it's All in all, it's a benefit to people. You get a lot of driving purists who don't really care for the new way that some transmissions do this. There's not too many cars that do, but uh, overall, good on Toyota for doing something like this. Again, it's, it's a smart move that kind of screams they're trying to be somewhat enthusiastic turned or focused, but they're not quite jumping into that market to alienate people who just buy these cars. And then last up, this car's got a new 2.0-liter inline-four engine. Um, I think they call it the Force something inline-four. Nevertheless, a 170 horsepower inline-four for a Toyota Corolla. This is jumping way ahead of the current powertrain. It's pretty exciting. I'm really interested to see how this car feels in person. It sounds like it's going to be a very grown-up performance hatch. So what's the overall put together on this? Well, we don't really know. Uh, Toyota has not released pricing on the vehicle. Toyota has not talked about fuel economy. Uh, Toyota hasn't talked about any warranty changes or technology changes or anything like that with this thing. We just know the basic bits. It's a fair bet to assume that this car to start is probably going to be somewhere around the high 18, low $19,000 range, and a fully equipped uh, Corolla XSE will probably tip in at less than $24,000, right about the middle market range of what you'd expect for these things. Uh, fuel economy numbers, it's anybody's guess. Um, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be somewhere around 33, 34 miles per gallon combined. Uh, it's difficult to say. This new engine is a brand new engine. These gearboxes that are in this car are brand new gearboxes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it would definitely be disappointing if this car didn't get 40 to 42 miles per gallon on the highway. I think what is going to be interesting is where the city numbers come in at. Um, you know, these cars can really jump all over the segment. You can see that with the Hyundai Elantra, with the different trim levels and powertrains that they offer there. Um, so, who knows? Uh, let's assume 33 or 34 seems competitive to me. Um, and then uh, lastly, you know, really when it's going to become available, Toyota hasn't officially said. They're saying the end of the summer, and that can mean a lot of different things. So is it July? Is it August? September? Maybe. We'll see. Um, it sounds like they are going to be building some of these Corollas down south in Mississippi. I'm not sure if it's specifically going to be the hatchback or not, um, but that is going to be really interesting to see that this car is an American-made vehicle in a time where an American brand is completely cutting itself off from small car sales. Toyota is really doubling down their efforts on this platform, and it's going to be evident, I'm guessing, even further when they decide to do the new Corolla sedan, which should be coming, I'm guessing, as an announcement later this year. Uh, the new Corolla is a great architecture. It sounds like it has a really great powertrain. It's got great standard features. It is a Corolla that should have been the Corolla a generation ago or two generations ago. And uh, I'm just happy that we're finally here seeing a modern effort from Toyota that is actually legitimately good and legitimately competitive, um, especially in the face of the Honda Civic, which, let's just be honest, guys, is still the best small car in the small car segment. So, yeah, really deep dive on the Toyota Corolla. It's really interesting. 
Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear your feedback. Are you interested in this new Corolla? Hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN or drop me a line here on Anchor at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. Thank you. So a couple of quick thoughts on the current Toyota Corolla and kind of promises made and promises lost. Um, This new Corolla, if I remember right, came out in 2014. Slew of different powertrain options. Uh, They had the Eco versions. The Eco branded models were actually the ones that had the most horsepower and were actually the fastest, but they had softer tuning elements on them, so they weren't quite as much fun to drive, even though they offered an XSE trim that apparently was supposed to be super sporty, and it never quite turned out that way. And that's really kind of the sum of what was wrong with this Corolla. It's the culmination of more than a decade's worth of powertrain and chassis development. Um, It's a culmination of kind of where models were going at this point in time. Uh, More or less, this car is as close as you get to a mid-90s Toyota Corolla because it basically is a mid-90s Toyota Corolla. They're near enough the same size. Uh, granted, this new Corolla gets a, a better fuel economy, but that that big Camry, you know, you put fluids in, you kept the tires pumped up, it would run forever. More than likely, that's what this Corolla is going to do too. And that's why I think this is going to be one of the best used cars you could buy for probably the next 10 years. Assuming that the owner treated it well, assuming that you're not demanding too much of the infotainment systems or get one that doesn't have the Entune system and has just the auxiliary input, you've got a great used car that's going to last you a very, very long time. What is maybe more exciting about where this Corolla is and where the new Corollas are going is that... I think this car kind of straddled the line in a way that the Civic maybe doesn't, and I I think that puts a lot of people off the Civic. Uh, And by that, I mean the Civic is almost sporty to a fault in some trims. Uh, You're going to get somebody like me who who loves it, who, who wants it to carve through the corners and ride a little rough and really feel the road and have those those tactile feelings come back to you. And then you get somebody like my mom, who's maybe more of the target market uh, for something like a Corolla or a Civic. She would get in and she doesn't like the bolstering in the seat. She doesn't like how low it sits. She doesn't like all the feedback that she's getting. She just wants to be able to drive to work. And, you know, there's got to be cars like that. And, and the Corolla... It sounds like the Corolla sedan is going to be it. Uh, The hatchback will be for more of the sporty kids, but I'm really hoping that Toyota gets some of those sportier elements from the hatchback and moves them into the sedan and it gets us past this kind of stopgap vehicle where we're at now. As much as I may have a soft spot for the 40th anniversary model that came out last year, uh, I really love that purple color. I love the interior trim that they put in it. I I secretly really want one really bad. You know, it's not a smart car to buy new, especially with a new one coming. But as a used car, the current Toyota Corolla is a pretty smart purchase.
Well, guys, that just about wraps up this very Toyota-centric episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Ozelike, and you can follow me on Twitter at YSSMAN. And you can also follow me here on Anchor FM, where I post these at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN. If you didn't know, uh, Anchor is a wonderful platform that lets me uh, post these shows to a multitude of places for free. Uh, So you can find this podcast on Apple iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Pocket Casts, uh, really, to steal a phrase, wherever podcasts are sold, they're free, so feel free free to go back and listen to other episodes where I complain about Tesla and Ford and, well, many other brands that uh, make bad choices all the time. Uh, We do another version of this podcast called the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide, where I go into a particular segment of vehicles. I break down what I think are the best three options in this segment. I may even tell you about a particular trim of a vehicle I think is worth your attention. And then I add a fourth model for flavor. Uh, That one might not always be what I think is the best choice, but may be worth your consideration at the very least. Um, I know last week I talked about doing a midsize sedan thing. I think that's definitely worth a look again, especially with the new Nissan Altima uh, being announced recently. Uh, So we'll see. Um, Other stuff that's going on. Well, you know, it's summer season, so there's car shows. Uh, People are busting out the vintage vehicles. I saw a beautiful black 1965 Corvette Stingray on my way out to Holland earlier today. What a beautiful car. Uh, Easily the most beautiful Corvette. Uh, Hands down, no competition. Don't fucking at me on that. Uh, But yeah, anyway, guys, I hope you have a great weekend. Get out there, enjoy the weather, enjoy the sunshine, take a drive, go someplace you haven't been before. It might be kind of fun. So uh, yeah, until next week, guys, we'll see you then.